The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is April 25th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Well, thank you, Bill. You know, we had a really good show last week. We had Christopher Beatty, uh, Beatty, I'm sorry, Executive Director and Founder for Semper K9. And actually, Chris was driven by a desire to give back to America's post-9-11 veterans. Chris and his wife, Amanda, founded Semper K-9 uh, in 2014. The nonprofit seeks to heal wounds of war by training service dogs to provide physical and emotional support to U.S. Army forces armed forces and veterans and their families. If you missed the live show, be sure to listen to the complete show in the archive section on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, I know you always have some good stories for us uh, as far as news, and and, uh, you mentioned something about a minute clinic. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, Gary, uh, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, in its quest to find ways to reduce waiting time for veterans uh, are looking at all kinds of things. And you just mentioned the Minute Clinics, which right now is uh, starting up in the Phoenix area, because as you recall, uh, Gary, Phoenix is uh, one of those VA facilities where there have been long wait times. It's about 120,000 veterans that are served by that uh, that uh, uh, medical center. So now, Gary, at the local CVS in the Phoenix mm-hmm. area, starting out with the pilot, some ailing veterans can now use the federal health care benefits at CVS, at the minute clinics, to treat minor illnesses and injuries under a pilot program uh, it was just announced this past duty by, by the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, this is a test run. Uh, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, uh, uh, David Shulkin, who's working on a nationwide plan to reduce veterans' wait times. Now, here's the way uh, this is, uh, is working at the Phoenix uh, uh, area. Uh, veterans are not bounded by current restrictions under the VA's Choice Program, which limits outside care to those who have been waiting for more than 30 days for an appointment or have to drive 40 miles to a facility. Instead, in the Phoenix area, VA nurses staffing the medical center's helpline are available to refer veterans to the Minute Clinic for government-paid care when clinically appropriate. Uh, it's a step in the right direction there, and it's another way of uh, potentially reducing wait times. Right, and you said it was. This is a test. That so that's just the one CVS in that area. Well, in that area. Yeah, in the in the Phoenix, Arizona area. All right, and it has nothing to do with prescriptions; just uh, uh, minor ailments. Well, I suspect if, if if there's a need for a prescription, that would go back into the VA hospital, and uh, they would manage that uh, to to get the medication that the veteran would would need uh, based on the circumstances. 
All right, all right. Now, the other story you have is, I just don't believe this, a tax on using the GI Bill? Well, uh, uh, Gary, the operative word here is that this is a proposal, a plan in Congress to start charging troops for their GI Bill benefits. Uh, This proposal by Congress... uh, uh, would uh, make veterans, uh, uh, service members, buy into the post-9-11 GI uh, benefits, uh, which was uh, also agreed upon on this past Tuesday. And uh, this is uh, not being received very well in the veterans community. The no. uh, <laughs> national commander uh, for the... Uh, Veterans of uh, Foreign Wars, uh, he says, ensuring veterans uh, are able to successfully transition back to civilian life after military service is a cost of war. You know, Gary, we often ask that question. What is the cost of war in terms of human capital? And uh, and there, there, there shouldn't be a fee that's paid. Uh, placed by Congress just to pass along on the backs of the troops. And, uh, you know, the VFW's uh, 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 advice uh, to the uh, and suggestion to the uh, VA uh, is Congress must stop nickeling and diming Americans, service members, and veterans. <laughs> so... Uh, Basically, what would happen here is that uh, this plan would deduct uh, $2,400 from future service members' paychecks to establish eligibility for revamped post-military education benefits. Uh, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about this. It's, uh, uh, to say the least, it's very much controversial. Oh, it sure is. It sure is. I was sort of dumbfounded the first time I saw it. Um, <laughs> hopefully things will change. We'll look forward to that. Stay tuned. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, Bill, uh, well, let's get on with the show. Uh, you have the honor of introducing our guest today. Yes, Gary, I do, and we've got a, a great friend that we're welcoming back uh, today, Anthony Cancelosi. We know him as Tony, and he's president and chief executive officer for Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. Now, Tony's background includes uh, being president of ICL, an international software company, and the chief executive officer of several for-profit companies. Uh, Tony served as the chief operating officer for Key Systems, now Sylvan Learning. Tony worked in sales for Control Data Corporation. His nonprofit experience includes International Center for the Disabled, National Kidney Foundation, and Special Olympics. Tony serves on the board of directors of the District of Columbia Police Foundation, Providence Health Foundation, and is the President Emeritus of the Association for Corporate Growth. Tony is a member of the Wharton Club, leadership of uh, Greater Washington, and the Rotary Club. Tony became a Knight of Malta and graduated from the FBI Citizens Academy. Tony remains a partner at Human Capital Advisors. In 2013, Tony was awarded the Lido Civic Club of Washington, D.C., Man of the Year, and in 2015, the District of Columbia City Council awarded Tony the Community Cornerstone Award. Tony, welcome again to the American Heroes Network. Mm. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you. Um, that was a way too long, Bill. We have to shorten <laughs> that up just to introduce Tony Cancelosi. That, but Bill, you're so proud of what you say and do. I, I thank you so much. Well, you're a tall guy, and we have to give you 
all the accolades to a tall guy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Well, welcome. Welcome back, Tony, and it's good to have you, you back again. If you could be so kind to remind our listeners what the Columbia Lighthouse is all about. Sure. The Columbia Lighthouse, uh, we're going to be celebrating our 117th year on May 17th. Um, the organization was created by families in the 1900 that had children with visually impaired and blind and said, what's going to happen to our children when they grow up? And we need to get them and train and educate them in a way so that they can be, become self-sufficient. So you fast forward to 2017, and today the Columbia Lighthouse creates jobs, uh, apprenticeship programs for individuals that are visually impaired and blind and also deaf-blind community. But we provide all of the services they need in order to become independent and productive. We do independent living skills, orientation mobility. In fact, we start from birth to death. We have early intervention programs for children that are born blind and deaf, uh, all the way up to high school kids that we have uh, early intervention programs, but orientation mobility programs. And these are kids that need correction in the sense of where they're going to be and going to college and high school. So we provide all of that orientation. And even to the clinical services that we provide, we have low vision clinics and we determine low vision uh, needs of people and we provide those services. And the second, third part of this is that we also are a government contractor. We run 18 different government contracts that employ uh, visually impaired and blind individuals, including veterans. Uh, so we're very proud of that we've reorganized ourselves to continue to provide services for the needs of people today. Wow. And you're not just in D.C. You're, you're practically all over, correct? But we do national programs through the government contracts that we have, uh, but we are centrally in this region to provide the clinical services. The other relates to our government contracts. All right. You know, this is just in time. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And again, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Tony, President and CEO for Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. And uh, Tony, what type of programs right now do you have? I know we're going to get into the future plans, but what type of programs do you have right now for the blind? What we have right now is several programs. Uh, I'll maybe talk about the job creation component. 
uh, we've identified with the National Industries for the Blind of what kind of job skills can we create for people that are blind and what levels can they obtain in that so that we don't just give them a job, but they have upward mobility. So we have training programs that relate to digital data scanning, which the federal government needs desperately because they have to digitize all the documents, make it paperless. Uh, we, we do what we call uh, 508 accessibility for the federal government, where every website needs to be accessible in the federal government for people with disabilities. So we have several contracts in that area. And then one of the bigger areas, too, is that the federal government is way behind in closing out government contracts. And so we have a program where we train people to do contract closeouts, and we also have the programs for the digital data scanning and the 508. And these are all jobs that pay double minimum wage. So what wow. we're offering is the ability for people to get into, and our, most of our, well, pretty much all of our government contracts are base plus four years. And so we've been very fortunate this year that majority of all our contracts have been renewed for the next five years. And so that encompasses almost over 100 people employed and growing each year. So, but the key to this is to have the technology and the training programs like we have to create these apprenticeships so that somebody can take that skill and leave one of our contracts and start their own digital data scanning business or create their own contract closeout business. The intent was that we would create these programs, win government contracts, but at the same time, the individuals could have the opportunity to do their own startup business. Wow, that's pretty cool. And Bill, I know you have a question. Oh, is Bill still with us? <laughs> All right. Well, what we'll do is continue on. Now, uh, back from the beginning, actually the beginning of the show, you mentioned about a golf tournament. Let's let's talk oh, a little sure. bit about that before Bill gets back. Oh, okay, and, good. Uh, okay. I'm here. And, here. Is, there he is. <laughs> and, and it's called Shot in the Dark, is it? Is yeah, right? it, okay. it's, this is going to be our fifth year. Um, the whole intent of the um, majority of all the events, the programs that we have, in fact, we just finished having, an, uh, and it's going to last another week or so, but we thought that there had to be people out there that were v- blind, visually impaired, that could be good artists. And so we did a search real quickly, and we found, and in fact, one of my favorites is a Navy veteran, uh, Lawrence, who's now been doing portraits. And so we, ha- we had an art festival uh, about a week and a half ago, and it was unbelievable. We had four blind artists, and we sold out. Uh, so everything we do is trying to get people with that disability to become just like everybody else and still do some of the things they did before. So the golf tournament is called Shot in the Dark because we play golf in the dark, uh, a segment of it. But the intent was to create a clinic for visually impaired and blind to learn how to play golf. So we have a golf tournament, but we also have a clinic where some of the pros from the different country clubs around here in Washington and some of the golfers teach visually impaired and blind individuals how to play golf. And the best part is that we have the three world champion blind golfers that come in and play with the regular golfers. And Bill, one of them is a Vietnam veteran. Yes, great. And it's going to be on May 17th. And this year and last year, we we sponsored eight Purple Heart veterans to play in the tournament. And one of them almost won the whole tournament. So, uh, so we're inviting them back again this year. And I've been getting sponsors, and if anybody out there that would like to sponsor a golfer, especially a Purple Heart veteran, um, you can. Just go to clb.org, and we'd love to get as many Purple Heart veterans out there as we can. That's great. That is fantastic. And how's that done? I mean, as far as uh, the the golfers being blind, um, are there spotters for them? Uh, yeah, each each uh, blind these the, the three golfers that we have, but all three are world champions in, in that they play. Wow. You know, <laughs> the, the Pebble Beach thing. They they drive the ball two hundred and seventy five yards, wow. and, <laughs> and, and you know, so so we get them out there. They shoot in the low eighties, 
So anybody that we get out there, kind of, we, we don't want to embarrass anybody. So we have them hit a, a ball, a drive a ball for each team that's playing out on the, on the course. Uh, and so they have what they call a spotter. And usually the three golfers that we have now, their wives are their spotters. And they, just, they tee up the ball. These guys have the swing, and they just drive it as straight as you can be. Wow. I tell people that um, uh, I golf in the 60s and 70s. If it gets any colder than that, I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about the, the whole experience that we try. I don't mean to dwell on it. But the whole experience that we wanted here was regular golfers to play at night to see and we start out where there is some light, and then it gets darker. And then you can see, and we use glow balls. Oh, and right. uh, and you, it's amazing to see these glow balls flying through the air. Uh, and it's a wonderful experience. And we've, I think we've set a tradition here. It's going to be at Woodmont Country Club here in, in Rockville. But it's all about giving people with disabilities the opportunities to be just like anyone else with their disability. Wow. Is it only going to be at that location, or is it going to have other events throughout the United States? That's going to be that. That's the one, the one and only for us that we All have. Right. All right. And Bill, are you back? Well, yes, <laughs> uh, uh, Gary. And you know that that that's great, Tony. Because I, as you were talking, I was thinking about. How this uh, this uh, shot in the dark tournament in golf, and particularly, uh, is a uh, uh, an experience and, and relaxation. How it can impact upon our veterans who suffer from post traumatic stress, and a way Absolutely. to uh, yes, to get them relaxed and uh, and uh, help them through that process and getting back to a. Uh, a sense of uh, of self-esteem, also. Right. But 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 Tony, uh, you know, following up with that, uh, your your website is so complete and comprehensive. And that there's one thing there that caught my attention, and it says, "Independence is our vision." And uh, I'd just like for you to talk a little bit about how independence is our vision impacts upon someone who's visually impaired with their self-esteem, their self-worth, and being independent. Sure. Well, it all starts with the fact that we have internal programs that help people that are losing their sight or have lost their sight to learn orientation mobility, how to get around, how to ride metro, how to ride the buses, more importantly, giving them the confidence that they can do that. So we have very special certified instructors that do that. We build the confidence from the fact that we can teach you how to cook, we can teach you how to clean, we can teach you how to ride the metro, and we can teach you basic skills of how to handle your blindness. And we build the self-confidence of the individual's to give them that independence that the first time I saw when I came here 12 years ago, uh, I was with one of our board members who's blind, and he said, well, I have to leave now. I'm going to go catch the Metro. And I said, well, let me help you. Let me help. He said, what? I can do this. I ride the Metro every day. Wow. That's the independence that somebody says, hey, I can do this. But we build around that the ability to say there's enough technology, computer technology, software technology, that we could also train you in apprenticeship programs that you can work again, continue your work. In fact, there's technology that we can set up in the workplace so that everyone has the ability to be and have that independence. Well, that is so important, Tony, especially, as you know, uh, with uh, the other areas that uh, you and I are involved in with veterans who are uh, someone who served this country and during the course of their service, whether it be in combat or something happened 
before they ever got to combat where their vision becomes impaired. I mean, even to the point that they've got to start learning that process all over again of, uh, of being able to become independent. And it, it, and it appears to me that, that that's a, 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 a new beginning for them in the learning process to accept the fact that, you know, uh, I'm impaired now as far as my vision is concerned. How do I cope with this and move on? Exactly. It's not a death sentence. The thing is that you have all of your brain power, you have your mobility power, not maybe all of it, depending on what happened, but you have that ability to move yourself forward. And what we have to do is give them that confidence and that independence that they need, but also show that there are apprenticeship programs you can get in, you can get to training, you can get back to work, you're going to earn a good living. You're not just going to get a uh, hourly rate. You know, you're going to make good income. That's the whole purpose of independence. Not just that you're going to go work in some place where you're not going to be potentially the best you can be. And that's so important, Tony, because even again. Uh, 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 with the emphasis being on our veterans, uh, the training that we've uh, received across the spectrum while we were in the military or some that we, uh, we, 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 we had before we got there is so important that we can still do those things right. and be great uh, in spite of the fact that we, we, we may now be visually impaired. Right, right. Right. So I think the future for us, what we do for all veterans, um, and we've had several programs, programs called Bridge to Work, is the fact that the future now in the, the economics that we've been hearing uh, lately of how small businesses need to be created and that small businesses will get the tax credits, small businesses will be the growth and the future of, of our country. Uh, is that these apprenticeships then can be created in a way that veterans, and this is what we hope, is that veterans that we have in our programs that will say, hey, look, I, I'm reaching a point, you know, I've done the four years on this contract or five, I'd like to start my own business. And so we have been working with partners that could help create the environment for them to create their own business and giving all of the elements of what they need to create a small business. So we've been working on that model. We've got some partners. And so it's something that I think will be essential for uh, service-disabled veterans and veterans that they have the opportunity to start their own businesses. All right. Well, it's that time again. But before we take a break, I just want to remind you that we do have a new section on our website. It's called the Premier Events and Fundraisers. Uh, in this section, you'll find accredited, successful grassroots organizations that are truly helping our veterans with a multitude of resources. We believe that grassroots organizations have provided significant and substantial platforms for advocacy, assistance, and information for veterans and their families in the communities in which they serve. Please attend the next event or fundraiser in your area. Events will be linked to their organization's logo. Uh, be sure to go to the VSP channel and the Fools of Honor to learn more about the veteran resources and upcoming events. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
for those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tony, President and CEO for Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. And, Tony, why don't you tell us about uh, the future plans? You have some impressive um, uh, programs, apprenticeship programs that are happening. Sure. Well, we're trying. There's a the program that was formed after World War II by the British government for veterans who were coming back from the war. And the whole concept there, and I worked in England for 10 years, uh, the concept there was that these veterans would come back and they would set up what would be the apprenticeship programs that corporations would be willing to hire veterans. And so it has been operating since after right after World War II. And, and it's been very successful, and the apprenticeship programs create opportunities for veterans to start their own businesses, but also become employable at corporations who recognize that they're going to get somebody fully trained and ready to work as soon as they walk through the door. So we're looking at how we can replicate that here by bringing together uh, organizations, uh, banks, accounting firms, legal uh and the internal control systems so that what we would have is a turnkey package for a veteran who is identified that would like to start their own business in one of the the apprenticeship programs that are being created so that they don't have to go very far to have a package to start their business. So we're looking at creating, and with some very large integrators here in Washington, government contractors, to, to say... These could be the opportunities, and if they buy into that, it, it creates, I think, the economic growth that we would get support for because of some of the proposals for tax credits for small businesses. So it's getting the right partners together, and we, we've got a small model now that we're working. Uh, there's an opportunity for us to create one within the next year. Once we create that model, then it's a cookie cutter, then it's something that can be spread around the country, and that would work definitely for us. That's fantastic. And Bill? Well, you know, uh, Tony, I think in, in any program, and especially with the Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind, uh, it's so important to have uh, good partnerships and, uh, you know, just looking at the, uh, uh, at the website, I see a tremendous amount of uh, uh, local partners here. Tell us, uh, our listening audience, a little bit how the partnership uh, plays a, a, a great part in, in delivering mm-hmm. a, a good program as sure. the Lighthouse of the Blind has. Sure. Well, I think in any partnership, you look at what is the value proposition that each partner brings to the table. Um, I can describe one of our contracts that we have with a very large integrator. They bring the presence of their size. We bring the intellectual property that we have and services that we provide to complement them and what they're delivering to the federal government. So it's a partnership of taking people with disabilities and integrating them into an environment where there are people that do not have disabilities to show that the continuity works well. And that's one of the major things is that we break down the barriers of fear of people with disabilities not being able to carry their weight. And so what we're saying is, no, 
we're going to give these individuals the skills and, and the intellectual capacity and the ability to work and work better than and others that, that don't have disabilities and, and make that a partnership. So that's, that's one of the things. The other thing is that the skill levels that we create are skill levels that are in demand. I mean, we're not creating something that's digital data scanning is one of our skill levels of apprenticeship programs that clearly the, the federal government and all businesses have to get rid of all this paper. So you digitize it, you scan it, and all of a sudden, that's a real business, and it continues. So we're not creating things that, that are not real businesses that have sustainability over the next five to ten years. I mean, if we were just coming in and saying, well, we're going to just do this little thing here, and we're going to grow vegetables, and, and we've got to wait till next year, or we're going to do something like that, where's the sustainability? So sustainability is the next thing. The third thing is giving people the opportunity to make the decisions to run a business and be productive and hire more people into that company. And, and showing that we have that capacity to do a great job and it's really about independence, that they have that ability and they have the skills. The thing that's the most important in, in any of these apprenticeship programs that we're going to create in these small businesses is there's value. There's a real value in what they do and their contribution is significant. So it's not something that, oh, by the way, we have disabilities, you should help us. No. This is real business, real opportunity, and profitable. Well, you know, Tony, uh, you know, I'm just thinking that those, uh, uh, having those uh, connections with the partners are so important because I think we're hearing more and more about how new job creation is coming about things that uh, uh, folks in the, in, the, in, the, in the work area have done things for over a period of years. But technology now is creating new ways of doing old things requiring different kinds and, and, and advance and, and new ways of techniques. And that has to be an ongoing situation so we don't fall behind by having people, because there's been a, a Technology has brought about a change that people lose out and not able to move along right. with the workforce. Right. And, and, and I would imagine some of that, if not a whole lot of that, is going on with the partnerships that you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we are not going to be in an environment where there isn't opportunity and growth and sustainability because that leads to a dead-end street. So the key here is to know and do the research with the right partners. And we're not a big agency, but the big companies are here. You know, there's almost 6,000 government integrators here, and they're spread out all across the country. So the opportunities are unlimited if you create the turnkey, the right model, the right skill levels that produce profitability. And I have to emphasize the fact we're not looking to create a charity. We're creating a business for veterans and service-disabled veterans and blind veterans to have a viable business and to hire more people into that company for the future. Well, that is so important, Tony, because that, uh, you know, that becomes a win-win situation for everyone, and it doesn't uh, cause people to, to, to be concerned and lose hope to say, well, gee, you know, uh, the next thing that comes along, <laughs> I'm going to be out in the cold. That's right. Yeah, we've got to create that. We've got to create the foundation for people to recognize that if you do this one step at a time, and you use good business fundamentals, and you help the people that are running the business to be educated and create also a board of advisors or boards of directors that will give them the guidance and help connect to the right partnerships. Because I think in all of this, in creating small businesses, partnerships become the crucial component that grows your business. But you've got to have the right model. You've got to have the right expertise. You've got to be able to articulate what you do, and once people know that, then 
the partnerships flourish. Yes. And, Tony, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that all of these different kinds of things uh, uh, that you're involved in, and especially where the events, uh, I would imagine, uh, volunteers are quite important to you. Oh, yeah. And you're always looking uh, for them. Uh, talk to us about that and how folks can come in and join uh, your, your volunteer corps. Definitely. It's all over our website. It's everywhere. Uh, I'll just give you one example and tell you how you do it. Just go to our website and all. But we have activities from our children's summer camp to our children's parents' programs at libraries to our Easter egg roll that we had this year uh, to our car uh, MG car race. There's so many activities that you can participate in. I'll just give you an example. Delta Gamma, which is a woman's sorority, uh, invited me to speak uh, a couple weeks ago to their annual meeting here in Washington. There are 350 women there of all ages, and every one of them is committed to helping visually impaired and blind. They volunteer all around the country. And so I gave them a challenge, and they've taken the challenge, and we're going to see how well they do, but... They volunteer to all of our events. Uh, volunteerism is an enormous thing that I think everyone has to do in their lifetime to see what they can do to help others. And so we've got lots of stuff on our website. We need volunteers desperately all the time for these events. So, but volunteerism is huge. It's very, very important. You're right. Especially when uh, you know they're the backbone of every organization, and without them, you know, you, without right. them, you can't be successful. Right. One of the things that we do is that we have about 350 volunteers that have registered, and then we always incorporate more. Is that they volunteer to go to senior senior residences to work with the visually impaired and blind to help them look at their mail, uh, help them to do some small duties around the, their house or apartment. And, and that is a comfort that, that we offer to a lot of senior citizens that, that are visually impaired. And those volunteers have been with us for years and years and years. So um, being 117 years old, I mean, we've got a lot of, a lot of experience, I think. Oh, yes. Definitely. Well, it's that time. we're going to take a break you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel and we'll be right back your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iPhone Blackberry or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store Blackberry App World or Android Market By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tony, President and CEO for Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. And Bill? Well, Tony, uh, how, how can we get some uh, participation with uh, getting folks to uh, make uh, sponsors for the events that is coming up, and especially with the, the, the Purple Heart, as you, you've just mentioned, Purple Heart veterans? Well, the, the opportunity is um, to sponsor a Purple Heart individual to play in the golf tournament. Uh, that would be very, very good if we can get some sponsors uh, to go to our website, columbialighthouse.org, or can send me an email at tcancelosi, C-A-N-C-E-L-O-S-I, at clb.org. And I would be glad to handle it. Um, it's so important for us to get them at this event. We do special things. They get a special dinner. Uh, they get the opportunity to meet a lot of people that want to really get to meet them. Last year, we had photo ops all day long. Uh, we had the uh, the owner of the Nationals there last year. and everybody. It, it's amazing when we bring our veterans to an event the passion and the love that is shared, everybody came up and said hello to all of these guys that were there. That's the environment we want to create, is that people recognize and want to meet them and talk to them. Wow. You know, when you look at your website, you have uh, it's, it's, those pictures just show a lot of synergy, a lot of synergy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very important. And how does, yeah. you know, say that uh, this is the first time uh, somebody that is blind uh, hears about the Columbia Lighthouse. Um, what is, are there any qualifications beyond that? No. Mm-mm. No, uh, we, we have a policy here that we work with all the state and local agencies. Um, we have our clinics that people can come to. Um, it's there for everyone. Uh, to participate in. There's no barrier, no requirement. Uh, so we're here to serve. And how can they find out where other locations are? By going onto our website uh, for our right. clinical services. It's on there. Great. Bill? Well, you know, one thing uh, you mentioned earlier, Tony, that... Um, uh, maybe if you can take it, uh, uh, give us a rundown very quickly on some of these assistive technology supportive uh, sure. uh, things that uh, can help our uh, uh, visually impaired. Sure. Well, there's, right, first of all, that the technology that exists today pretty much helps anyone that would sit down at a work, like we've done this for a government agency for years, and we do this all the time, is that a government agency calls us and says, we, we have somebody that's visually impaired and blind. We need to set up the workstation. We need to work set up the work environment. So we have a complete turnkey implementation of computer software, computers, uh, the entry point to additional software, accessibility through the website, all of this is integrated into a total package that a person would get at the workstation. And there's other technology that goes on your iPhones. There's all kinds of mapping, route analysis. And in some cases where there is a person that could be legally blind, there's also adaptive devices that we have, special glasses, uh, special canes, uh, special mobility devices, uh, like we were just talking about this the other day. We equipped a house recently for someone, talking microwave, talking refrigerator, and not too many people were keen on this one, a talking scale to weigh yourself. Uh, wow. I, actually, I actually brought one home, and my wife said, no way are we going to announce my weight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ha- still have it. I pull it out once in a while. Uh, talking watches. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're trying to give everyone. And the most important part, too, is, is Braille is essential. We're working with restaurants. We're working with museums to make sure that they are accessible 
for people with disabilities. And, and it's coming around where we're working with a museum here in Washington that is very well known that wants to be 100% accessible. And I can mention their name, the Spy Museum here in Washington, D.C., who's very proactive to work with people with disabilities. And so it's there. It's there for us to show people what's available, how they can use the technology, and how they can be totally independent. Well, that's simply uh, uh, great, Tony. I, I, I can just imagine how, with what you've just talked about, uh, you know, it's an, an incentive to someone who may have been may be uh, visually impaired. Uh, to leave the house uh, and to get out in the, uh, I mean, just to go out, say, dining. I mean, it's good for the economy. It's good for them to oh, get out. absolutely. And, and, and rather than being at home and saying, well, gee, woe is me. Uh, you know, I'm going to be a, a problem to somebody. But, 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 but technology, as uh, you, you've given those descriptions, is so important. And I think it's what's going to move us on and continues to, to move us on. Absolutely. And the other part of it, too, Bill, is there's a lot going on in the medical side uh, to help people with early stages of macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy. So there's a lot of good things. You just have to look for them. You know, come to our website. You know, we have a lot on there, but call us if you need anything. All right. You know, Tony, we're getting close to the end of the show, and I just want to say it's been a pleasure having you on the show again, um, and I hope to have you back in the near future. Well, thank and you. What, what would you like to share with our listeners? I guess the most important part is that having a disability should not inhibit you from doing the things that you want to do. That's true. Bill? Well, Tony, it's always a pleasure working with you. Uh, it's nice to have you on the show. You're doing tremendous things uh, in the community and especially working with our, our veteran community. And, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, some of the other areas, and we've had uh, in a recent meeting where some of the other folks in the veterans community would like to come on this show uh, to talk about what they're doing and uh, I would urge you to encourage them to uh, to come in and uh, and be a part of us uh, because that gets the additional word out to uh, our veterans community. Yeah, I will certainly do that. Great. Once again, I want to say thanks to all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill, and our guest, Tony. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation.